Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper, and remember, I'm only as hip as my guests. And look, the sound of the song's back. It was gone for so long, and I actually found it on the file. I actually looked through because we changed studios. And I got to tell you, people, I uh, I hosted the first San Diego uh, Craft Beer Festival this weekend, and it was a blast. But God, beer has changed. I mean, I go out and you know I have a few cocktails, but when I was when I was growing up, beer basically was like Genesee Cream Ale, Stroh's, Old Milwaukee, Meisterbrow. I mean, we're talking. I started drinking in high school, so we're talking like in 1981. And what's amazing is I had all these different beers. I had like a, a wheat beers that were like they had grapefruit, they had uh, watermelon, they had pineapple, they had banana clove. And I'm thinking this is amazing. I mean, what happened to the the regular beers? I mean, they were good, but I, I miss the old beers. So anyway, go out and stuff and get one of those. Uh, get a get a Mandarin Hefeweizen, and that's good beer. Anyway, we have a great show today. Uh, my guest. Follow me on Twitter, and I, I followed her back, and she has like 1.6 million Twitter followers, which is amazing, and just has an amazing career of musician, artist, just everything. She's multimedia. She's very multifaceted. It's Ali Spagnolia. How you doing, Ali? Hi, I'm great. How are you? Glad you could come in, I, even though I, I see the penguin shirt, which is all right. <laughs> I don't even know why it compelled me to wear this today, but I got it on. Well, you were a nice girl, right? When you- yeah, yeah, yeah. An ice crew at, at the Pens in Pittsburgh. Okay, I want to talk about your career, but you're you're actually today you're wearing two of the same. You're wearing like sandals, but I heard you usually wear two different color shoes. I do, yeah. So how did that? Ha- when did that start happening, and how did it happen? <laughs> right now, I got what one black one, one red one on. Um, I don't know. I just oh, started. You do? I just it. noticed it. I, I looked <laughs> real quick. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just started doing it, and uh, then it became my signature. And then, like, if I ever stopped, people would be like, "What's wrong with you?" <laughs> so. Now, so when you go out, I mean, you bogo, you must have the bogo. At, uh, at yeah, right, exactly. Like, okay, perfect for me. <laughs> now, okay, you, you grew up as a kid, you grew up outside of Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and you started playing music at a very early age. Yeah, you did your research. All right. Yeah, I, I always do my research. <laughs> now, what, what do you think gravitated you towards the music? Was, was, were your parents musically inclined, or how did that, how did, I mean, as a kid, because you started very early. I mean, I usually like I think like at three or four or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, usually kids at three or four. I mean, we can't even we can't do anything. <laughs> right. So what what do you think made you gravitate towards it? Well, my dad is a bassist and he has a recording studio. So there's like I guess some musical background for me. Um, I think actually what it was is that um, I my family got lucky. My uh, my grandpa hit the lottery for just like you know enough to to get his uh, his kids' presents, and so. Um, when my parents were a couple younger, they got a baby grand because of that. And so that was in our house and I would just like bang on that when I was three. And so my parents were like, all right, let's just send her into, send her to class. And I started playing the piano. So you, I mean, as a kid, I mean, it must be, I guess your mind, you're easier to learn, but you, you, it, piano takes a lot of time and it's one of those things you look at it. I mean, did you, were you inside all the time practicing or what were you doing? I mean, it wasn't uh, crazy like that or anything, you know, but it doesn't feel like a lot of time and you get into flow if you're familiar with that, where it's like time melts away and you just, you know, spend it at the piano. Don't even realize how long you've been there. So you're playing the piano and then at one point you switch to guitar. Mm -hmm. Well, not switch. I just sort of picked up guitar and actually it was drums before that. Now, drums, I always say, you know, everyone says drummers are crazy, but, but no, they do. And I have a few friends who are drummers and, you know, and, but when I talk to them, they're honestly like the sharpest guys, because to me, when you drum, that has to be one of the hardest instruments to play because you have so much stuff going on. I mean, you have the hi-hat, you have the bass, you have this. I mean, did you, did that come easily to you? Um, I don't know. I wouldn't say easily. It's been, I mean, it's been a while since I took it up, but yeah, that's, it's, it's getting your feet to do something different than your arms and then all going at the same time. That's always the challenging part. So you're sitting there as a kid and you're in the music and you mm-hmm. start ice skating, I suppose at some age, did you, mm-hmm. when did you start ice skating? When I was two. Okay. Yeah. I started skating really young. And it's funny cause it, like back in Pittsburgh, I mean, right near it's, it's cold in the winter. I mean, we used to always yeah. play like ice hockey and on a lake and you know, out here no one plays cause it's, right. you know, it's not a lake. But so a lot of kids probably were skating back then too. Mm-hmm. My brother plays hockey. And so it was, we were always at the rink. So you're sitting there and you're getting older. You're in elementary school, then you go to middle school, and you get in high school. When do you decide to sit there and say, you know what? What? When do you decide what you're going to do with your life? Because I know, now, did you ever think about pursuing skating, or was that too much? Or I still haven't decided. What do you mean? Well, no, when am I going to hit that saying, point where I get to figure out what I'm doing with myself? <laughs> but when you go to college, because you plan to go to college, what, yeah. what made you choose Carnegie Mellon? I mean, did you sit there and which I was funny? I never knew. I always thought it was a great engineering school. I didn't know it's got an amazing uh, acting school. 
yeah oh my goodness the people that come out of theater they are just super talented yeah it's ridiculous um but i don't know i actually went to cmu for musical theater while i was still in high school and i knew i liked the school but i knew that major wasn't for me now how do you do that how do you go from go to high school and college at the same time i mean is that <laughs> i mean that, that sort of seems like i mean that seems like almost impossible like did you take the sats and they liked it? i mean how do you get in early well cmu has a special program that you can do that and a lot of a lot of kids do so so you cool. went there and you said i don't want to be a theater person right but i did like cmu so i applied there for art actually Studio and now art. were you a painter when you were younger did you also dabble in painting as you were doing ice skating and music and all these other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, painting and sculpture. Actually, that ended up being my major. How do you? How does someone like? How does? How do you? I mean, sculpture is great, and mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, no, I've been lucky that my parents. You know, we we just take me to the Philadelphia Art Museum, and when I was yeah. a kid, I hated it. But now I know they got paints ballerinas. Like you, you know, you look back and you go, oh, thank you. You know, you thank your parents for that. But sculpture. So I mean, how did you get into sculpture? Uh, I don't know. I used like Sculpey a lot, you know, like that that kind of clay when I was a kid, and I just thought it was really cool. And then when I got to CMU, there's you can try everything, right? And so it's just like the classes that interested me were sculpture, and so that's sort of what ended up being my focus. But we had to do everything from digital art to painting to whatever. So did you enjoy? Did you enjoy the uh, college life? I mean, were you digging it? Heck yeah, it was awesome. I made some of my best friends there. Did you live there on campus? Yes, yeah. Okay, so it's my always, sorority. Oh, well, what sorority? Kappa Kappa Gamma. My mom was a Delta Zeta. Okay. Which they yeah. always said bad things about the DZs in New Jersey <laughs> and sleazy DZs and the easy DZs. <laughs> So now, when you're in college, I want to get to the uh, the, the drinking game, which okay, that mm-hmm. that was like, that's what you're. That's so cool. There's now explain Thank the you. game, and it, <laughs> no, but the thing is, it was funny because for me, like we would try it. If people, people don't know, there's a there's a drinking game where you do it, a shot of beer for an hour, and it's every minute you do it for an hour, and it's when you say to someone, hey, especially when you're 19, 20, 21, hey, you ever gonna do this? You're like, oh yeah, that's easy, we can do that. And then mm-hmm. after like 20 minutes, you go, holy crap, this is really hard. <laughs> Right. And so now you actually like Brent. I mean, how did that come up? Because you explain what you do with this and uh, how everything, how you came into motion with that. Yeah, so it's like a pretty well-known drinking game where people will take a shot of beer, like you said, every minute for an hour. And uh, we were playing it in college, and I was also a musician at the time, just playing regular non-alcoholic shows. And uh, it was like tough being an indie musician and getting promotion out there and getting people to show up. But when I was throwing these parties where we would play power hours, it was so easy and fun to invite people to a party. So I was like, I need to mesh these together. So I started playing live shows that were the drinking game. And all my songs were a minute long. And every time I changed the music, we'd all drink together. So it was like an interactive party thing. Now, how, okay, I mean, you're a musician and you're an, mm-hmm. you said you're an indie music and, you know, and it's, indie music is a great scene and in college, I mean, I don't know because I was in college years ago and we didn't really have a lot of musicians and the music scenes build a lot. I mean, we had a rat skeller or pub that someone would play, but so when you're sitting there and you're writing songs and you're a songwriter and you're playing this mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you have to sit there and you have to write minute songs. I mean, mm-hmm. now you think it's like, everyone said, look, the Ramones, oh my God, the Ramones, it's so short. Their songs are what? Three minutes, two minutes at the right. lo- the circle jerks. They're songs, you know, some songs are like a minute and a half. Some of these early punk songs. How does one sit there and go, I'm gonna do a minute song, and then just the content? I mean, it's hard enough writing a song, but now you have to write sixty of them. I mean, how does? I mean, first of all, how did you get the idea? I know, I mean, it, it's something that's it's, it's a, such an original idea. How did that come to your head? I mean, it, you had to be sitting there one night and go, Oh wow, I got to make this more. Interesting. I actually still have the original email thread where I sent to all my friends. I was like, guys, I have this idea that like instead of just like having parties now or or playing my live shows, I'm going to do a live show as a drinking game. Like what ideas do you have for songs or like stories that we've drank together? Because I need 60 different ideas for 60 different songs. And then everyone starts firing back like all these, you know, anecdotes of, of us partying together. And that's where it started. Now, and you don't take a break. I mean, I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just trying to figure this out because, okay, so everyone gathers at this party. Everyone's hanging out. Yeah. And then, now you're, they know you're coming on because it says in the party, you know, do they know it's coming for it? Oh, you're wearing a Stroh's shirt. Oh, yeah. The Stroh's. <laughs> that, that's, God, I, you know, the, did you drink Stroh's a lot when you were, you know, you're too young. This is actually my dad's brand. He loves Stroh's and that's the one he represents. He has a beer distributor. So okay. Cause it's funny. Cause Stroh's, what happens, I remember Stroh's was like when I was in college with Stroh's and then they, they rebranded. Mm-hmm. They came out and now that they still, they're still making Stroh's. I think they still you exist. can't get it out yes, here. No, they definitely exist. I like the Stroh's. That was like, I remember going to college, high school parties and you get the six pack and you put it in the fridge and you always have to hide your beers because people would take them. But so so you, you do your you're doing you're gonna do your first show. Yes. And you have you okay, so 
how long of a prep let's say how long did you have to prep to get all these songs where you felt confident enough to play 60 <laughs> songs was it was it a quick uh quick thing or was it did it take a while so i wrote them all over uh christmas break one year actually so it was like really quick to sort of like just slam them all out in very like punk kind of way and um now i don't even remember how long it was between like actually writing them down and then playing the next show but i mean like it was just sort of go for it and that first album that i recorded of all those songs it was like horrible <laughs> i still have it i know there are some people out there that have it too and it's like terribly embarrassing and i try to remove any record of it online because right. i've since redone <laughs> it and you know been much more professional but yeah the first time i did it it was just like just crapped them out and, and went for it and this show ended up working out it was just trying things what were some of the titles because that's just <laughs> interesting because I mean, i'm thinking you know i mean they're all revolving around drinking right yeah they're actually all the songs that are on my current album are pretty much the same like title subject matter as the original ones i just like cleaned them up and and you know switched some genres around and really professionally recorded them so they're they're the same as what you would see online yeah right so, now so when you go into this first gig it's the premiere of ali spagnola playing the power hour drinking mm -hmm. songs yeah. so there's a bunch of people gathered around i'm guessing yeah, they, actually, promotion ended up being really easy. Like, that first test, I was like, yeah, I clearly need to keep doing this because there was, like, a line around the building. You know, promotion was super easy compared to when I had to struggle to get people to come hear me strum at a coffee shop. <laughs> where where were you, where was it at? It was a place called Peter's Pub So it was, it was So yeah. it was an actual pub. So you, you booked a pub. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't, like, in the dorm room. It was actually no. – so the, the bar is probably thinking, wow, a minute, that's a lot of damn – we're going to sell a shitload of pictures. <laughs> right? That's It's been my sellable point since then. And I still <laughs> – play at Peter's Pub a lot. It, that, that's like been my go-to. So you go there, there's a line around the door. And now are you a little nervous because it's all of a sudden you're, you said you're used to coffee shops where you're not playing <laughs> right. and now this is completely something different. And the funny thing is, I mean, people are, if they're drinking, they're going to concentrate on drinking and you. So I don't think it's as much pressure. But I mean, it must have been electric when you hit the stage, this thing, because everyone came to see you and drink. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, they, ca they came for the concept, I think. And it was cool because it was a lot of my friends and they were so supportive and they probably showed up drunk. But yeah, I was definitely nervous. I didn't drink that. I still don't drink during my shows. Well, that'd is, be hard because yeah. it's so quick. And it's. I mean, I do drink, but I certainly can't play the power hour. Otherwise, like, good Lord, <laughs> I wouldn't make it. But yeah, that, um, that first few, I was I was definitely nervous now. Not so much. <laughs> so you hit the stage, and so you you play from. I mean, I'm just trying to figure out because I mean, I said, do you ever do it in L.A.? Yeah, I just okay. played a show a couple of weeks ago. Okay, because that's something. You I got another one coming up. I, I would, I would, I would get an Uber <laughs> to check that out. But I swear, right. if I did a power hour, I'd be like, you would be fun. You got to join me. I'd be, I'd be. I can't believe me. I can't drink. Well, you don't have to finish. You just gotta. Yeah, but I'm one of those people that if I'm gonna do it, I'm like, come on. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I can sit down if I go out and I can drink. You know, six. They give me a beer and a whiskey. I can do a you know six of them three of each in an hour right. but it's just a minute it's just it kills you mm -hmm. so you go and so you, you you come up and you say i'm ali spagnola mm -hmm. and they go okay and they, they know what they're there for yeah. so do you say like raise a glass or how does it how does how does it start how does the party ensue <laughs> well i started playing the first song actually explains how to play the game so when i started playing that one like you know, it gives you the instructions, but everybody knew what they were doing. To, like they they were there to play a power hour, and so yeah. And in between each song, everyone goes, "Oh, shot," which is originally came from Peter's Pub. Like people just started doing it, and so that's now I keep doing it all of my concerts. So okay, so the, that's that's the segue into the song. So mm -hmm. that's when the song's done. And do you? I mean, how how would I? Do you know? Do people time it? I mean, how do you know when the song is done? Because it's as I said, it's a minute. Do you just sit there and go? It, I mean, is it a very short song i'm trying to figure it out it's just how you know when it's done because it's a lot of transitioning right yeah so all of the songs on this album are different genres which is unconventional for an album but but if it was all like you know 80s rock then you wouldn't be able to tell when the music changes but it goes from like you know pop to cabaret there's like an irish jig there's just any anything across the board so so that you can tell that when the music has stopped and the songs changed, everybody drinks. So your first one, when you start, started out, you did it by yourself. So you went up on stage. Did you ever have a backing band? Oh, yeah. I ended up um, having a band in Pittsburgh. The first time I played, it was me. And I was just switching back and forth from piano, guitar, and singing, obviously. But yeah, it, it evolved. And I got like a full backing band in Pittsburgh. And now I moved here. I got a, a band now here, too, and a DJ and an opening act that's a... Uh, my hype man and, and an air guitarist, which is really funny. So. <laughs> See, you know what's cool? I mean, it's your show sounds really fun. And the thing about the air, air guitar is great. I'm sorry. I, I come awesome. from a generation where I my first time ever on stage, 
I did the Mr. Stockton, the college I went to in New Jersey contest. And it was a talent show for like a Miss America. Mm-hmm. And I was a loud freshman and my friends mm-hmm. were like, come on, you want to be a comic eventually. You want to do this? So they talked me into it on a drunk night. And there was all these beefcake New Jersey dicks, you know, and I'm, in, <laughs> right. I'm from New Jersey, but you know, you know the type. And I did, my talent was a Rick Springfield air guitar <laughs> to Jesse's girl. And oh, I awesome. brought the house down because people love that. It's it's fun, good, fun, clean entertainment. Yeah, for sure. So, so you get done your first show and is there buzz on campus the next day? Like, cause it's like anything, if you go to something, you know, and it's, it's, I mean, I don't know what year this was. I'm sure social media wasn't as huge. No, it definitely wasn't at that time. It's huge. So, I mean, but back then. there's still Facebook and everything, yeah. But back then, I mean, did people start talking where people like, oh my God, you know, you got to check this show out. And was, Mm -hmm. did you feel a buzz about it? Did you hear people talking about it or what happened? Yeah, certainly it felt very clear that I was like, whoa, like this was way too easy. I didn't need to do that again, right? Before it was such a struggle to get my music out there. And then this, like people were excited. And so that's why I kept at it. Now, when did you become an ice girl for the Penguins? Because that's that's something that uh, it's my my girlfriend's brother is uh, likes your stuff. In fact, we may have to call him later and leave a message because he nice. likes your stuff. I said if I said she seems very nice, maybe we'll give you a call, Jim. His name's Jim, and he said because he's found he he was friends with me on Facebook. I, I went to Facebook after you followed me on Twitter, and I followed you. I wanted to see because I always try to send a message through Facebook, nice. and I you always look at mutual friends because mm-hmm. a lot of you know actors, comics, writers, we we all have different people. Right. And I was my girlfriend's brother lives in New Jersey. I'm like, how how does Jim know? <laughs> and uh but so he told me you were an ice girl yeah 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 uh, this is the past year that i did that no wait so wait, it was just recently yes okay so the ice girls are you go out what, what does an ice girl do because i know and, and like do you, do you go like do you dance on ice do you skate around or how, what is an ice girl yeah so it's an ice crew thing because there's actually guys on the team too and um we run all the promotions in the um in the um, arena, so we're throwing hot dogs out or shooting T-shirts or whatever. But we also clean the ice in between commercial breaks. So, so do you, how, what, I mean, I've been to games. It's not the Zamboni. What do you use? A, a, we get shovels, yeah. And uh, there's like a pattern. It's it's like choreographed genitorialism. <laughs> like we have, <laughs> we have our exact pass that we go on. There are 14 different that's, positions. That's and, you, that's what you should brand. You should right, go on Shark yeah. Tide choreographed genitorialism. I swear to God, if you went somewhere, if you went to like the, the downtown station, bus station, train station. Yeah. Yeah. And you saw the janitors dancing. Clean up flash mob. Yeah, it'd be amazing. <laughs> so, so what made you decide you wanted to be a, a ice girl? Because it seems so fun. I mean, and now, but then, but you did you you went back to Pittsburgh then to do it, right? Right. Well, I was in Pittsburgh. I just recently moved here, so I've okay. been in Pittsburgh all my life. And yeah, it was actually a year ago that someone told me about the auditions, but it was too late to sign up, and I was like so bummed. I my parents, like my family, had season tickets, so I was I was always like a big Pens fan. My brother played hockey, like I said, I was always at the rink, um, growing up and skating, and so I I always admired the Ice Crew girls. I figured I would try out, and so the next year came around and I went for it. See, that's cool. I mean, it's just it's so cool because in like in a town in L.A., people are like you know. People are auditioning for stuff all the time. You know mm-hmm. how it is. Yeah. But in a town like that, it's like there's not a lot of auditions in Pittsburgh. So it's probably some really tough competition because everybody loves it. It's like if it, it deals with the Steelers, the Penguins, or the the, well, the Pirates now. But the Penguins are such have been such a great hockey team, even though I yeah. I hate to say that being a Flyers <laughs> fan. And, great. But, uh, but it's something that they're so popular that something like that must get a huge turnout. Yeah, there was, there was a, like, about 100 girls that tried out. And this year, they only took four new girls, so I was, like, super flattered. I couldn't believe it. I was, like, thrilled to be on the team. So what do they do, in the, what do, they do at the audition? I mean, what do they make you do? They have a skate, yeah. And, and, you, know, you, and you grew up skating, so you're good. And on your, your webpage, it says you can probably see you can skate circles around a lot of people. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, figure skating and stuff. Although they had me on hockey skates, so I couldn't really show off one of the jumps or turns right. or anything, which was funny. And, uh, yeah, there's also, like, a, an interview process, too, so they want to know how we are personality-wise. <laughs> so they sit there, and you get the job you get the call and you must be stoked yeah but so that means so but, bummed. and every every game you do it mm-hmm. yeah well um, i mean sometimes Home. you're in promotions sometimes you're on the ice sometimes you'll have off i think i had like a game or two off while i was on the team but yeah and it like it's a great team the, the guys the girls are all so awesome it was cool to just like meet all them and experience the game from the ice level yeah because i've sat in close to the ice and what's amazing is when you sit close to the ice you really see the hits i mean it, it's you don't sit there when a puck hits like yeah, you're, and down fear, you're like, yeah. you're like oh, I mean, you you, you react, it. yeah. Now, did you ever shoot the uh, the shirt cannon? 
no, <laughs> I'm still uh, trying to get my short cannon permit. Actually, it's a. Is there act, no, there's <laughs> no, a but no, but I think that'd be fun. Now, do they do they shoot the hot dogs out too, or no? Yeah, uh, we handed out hot dogs. Uh, I don't think I, I was ever doing promotions that we get to throw them or anything. I also bummed that I never was there for a hat trick because we get to pick up all the hats, which I thought would be really fun. See, that's always cool. For me, I'm, I'm I guess just just I'm stingy. I would never throw my hat because right. I'm sitting there. I go, you know, I like hats, you know, and I'm. But it's amazing when you do. I mean, it's not. Well, would suck being a nice girl in Detroit when they throw the uh, octopus. Oh yeah, you gotta clean so that up. Gross. It'd be like nasty. Oof. So you're living in Pittsburgh now, and you did. You did. When was your first show that you did the Power Hour? Your first show at, at Pete's Pub. How many? How many years ago was that? Um, jeez, I don't know. I was still in college, so it was a while ago. <laughs> so then you now you start playing around town a lot more, or or, do you, or now as you're doing these shows, people are getting word of you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I started playing more Power Hours. Now, were you also getting a chance to do your own, like some folksy music too, or were you labeled into that Power Hour area? Yeah, I, I worked on other stuff. Actually, not folk anything. It was more like dance pop kind of things. I have a couple albums that were before or after the Power Hour and then ended up being before the next Power Hour. But yeah, I've I've done other independent stuff that's um, not drinking related necessarily and that's what i'm working on now that's why i'm here in la is to follow up the power hour album with uh, some more well not a drinking game album we'll say now what are what are your you know you, it's, you seem to be across the board of your musical taste what are some of your musical influences like what like if if, if you looked at your ipod mm-hmm. you would yeah. what, what what would you have in there like like some i mean a very do you have jazz i mean what what what, is, what are some of your favorite bands like if someone said Hey, you know, Allie, pick. I'm not gonna say pick ten. I have people. I have people go. Oh, can you pick your top right. ten? Names what are your top ten Springsteen songs? I said I love all of them. Like I said, it's some <laughs> suck, you know. But you know, the whatever. But what would you say? Like, what? Who are your influences? And like, when you when you want to listen to music, or and when you feel in a creative mood? Because I also I want to talk about your painting in a little bit. But when you paint, um, when you're in a creative mood, well, actually, who are who are your influences? Like, who do you mm-hmm. listen to? All right. Well, you're gonna be weirded out by this. Some of my favorite music is Broadway. I love musicals, okay. so I listen to a lot of that. And I also love top 40 hits. Like, honestly, stuff that's on the radio right now is fantastic, super catchy stuff. That's what I'm looking for. Whatever, whether I'm creating it or listening to it, I really love catchy music. <laughs> now, the Power Hour, the the shot glass USB. Yes. Okay, now, <laughs> that's a brilliant idea. Now, explain, explain, I mean, it's because it's, it's everyone, you know, when I did stand-up comedy, I did it from 88 to 95, no one sold merch. Mm-hmm. One guy in Philadelphia, Big Daddy Graham, who sell albums. And everyone knew him because he was on the radio. And now everybody sells merch. Mm-hmm. And you go, and it's so funny because you see different, uh, I, I'll do, you know, I don't perform much, but I, I'll do it occasionally when I go back east. And you'll see guys who actually have a CD with a cover. And you see some guys who just sell, like they just sell it in a case and they just write like right. such and such. It'd be like Steve Cooper at whatever. Merch is such a big thing now with shows. And you're, explain your, what your merch is, what, what the shot glass is, because it's, it's brilliant. And how'd you come up with it? <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. No, I mean, it's because it's a drinking game. So people, and you can drink out of the glass, right? Yeah. So my album is, it comes on a shot glass. I invented a shot glass USB. There's like a USB in the bottom of the glass. The music is on there and you can drink out of the album while you play the game. <laughs> now, how did you come up with that idea? Well, so I had written all those songs really rapid fire, like I told you about, and just like crapped them out. They were terrible. And uh, and then it started sort of taking off. And so I was like, wow, I need to make these not suck. So I worked really hard on recording them really well and putting a lot of production and time into them. And as I'm working on this album, I'm like, geez, it's just going to be a dumb CD and nobody wants a CD anymore. I wanted it to be something more physical and that you could desire in real life. And that's like the sculpture major in me coming out that I want to make a physical thing for you. And so I invented this shot glass thing and designed it and had it manufactured. And so now I sell it. How does, I mean, I know the thing is, how does, I mean, I mean, it's just an amazing, I mean, how does it go from your, cause that's a problem. We all have ideas. Mm-hmm. And a lot of our ideas never come to fruition. You know, we sit there and we go, okay. And your idea is, there's not like you can go to a, you can get an ugly looking shot, you can get a shot glass that looks like a skull or you can get an ugly shot glass from, you know, every town, if every rest stop, mm-hmm. but you can't find a shot glass with music on it. So, I mean, just wh- where do you, st- at, st- at level one, do you sit there and go, okay, 
we know what a shot glass is. Then you sit there and go, how do I get the music so the music doesn't get wet? I mean, how does that work? Yeah, I mean, it was from start to finish. I just sort of had the idea. And then, I mean, it helped. Like I said, at CMU, we did everything across the board art-wise. So I knew how to 3D model and could make uh, my designs on the computer kind of thing. And so that was helpful for the um, manufacturing. And yeah, I just sort of went for it. It was a lot of Googling and late nights and figuring it out. So you go, and then finally, when you get it done, it's a shot glass. And yeah. it, now, what does it say on the shot glass? Uh, it's got my logo on it, actually. Yeah. And now, where I'm just I'm trying to figure out, I'm like a US. I'm thinking of a USB. Like I have a USB right here. Yeah. Here's, here's mine, and uh, the top's missing because I swear to God, when my girlfriend's um, mom was visiting, I swear she threw it out. <laughs> she says she didn't, but okay. So this is a, this is a USB. So now we have the usb now where is this in the shot glass that's what i'm trying to figure out where is the usb yeah there's like a little chamber in the bottom that you can stick it in and pull it out okay so and put it in your computer okay so you pull it out and okay so you pull it out you play you play it and then you have the shot glass to your right thing. yeah and the shot glass is on a necklace too so you can like hands-free partying <laughs> now now do you sell at your shows mm-hmm. now do you sell a lot I mean, certainly more than a normal indie artist would sell CDs, right? So if we're comparing to that, I mean, it's been helpful and cool. So that's, that's so cool, though. I, I mean, it's one of those things, if people do it, it must be like a almost a impulse buy, because especially you, you're a little bit buzzed. Right, exactly. Someone's like, hey, hey, play, you got to do that. We're going to play. And you'll never play the game. At all. I mean, because I, mean, I mean, I'm going to go home later and just play it by myself. <laughs> you know, People have done I, it. I have an app now. People always tweet at me while they're playing. So it happens. So you have an app. Mm-hmm. Now, now is your app on the on the Google? Where do people find your app? Yeah, on the Google Play Store and, and iTunes if you got an iPhone. And it's just Ali Spagnolia. Yeah, so if you yeah if you look for me or Power Hour whatever, it's my album, but it also like counts down for you, and you can you know switch through songs or shuffle and make make a Power Hour of your own music of whatever you're into. See, that's so cool. So now, when you're in Pittsburgh and you start playing shows, were you starting to go all out, out of town to play colleges too, or were you just basically staying in Pittsburgh? Yeah, I started playing all across the country. I was getting asked to play at like conventions and things like that. It's It fits really well in with like where you have a group of people that maybe just met or, you know, a little bit like socially uncomfortable and I step in and just like make them have a good time by the end of the show, everyone's best friends. <laughs> so you're, you're out of Pittsburgh and you're going to these conventions. Where are some of the, where are some of the places as you went to the two conventions um dragon con i play every year and defcon i just try and you know get around like south by southwest i was playing oh, you went down there mm-hmm. so that must be really cool yeah so fun so yeah i mean so you and it's cool because you go in and as you said your act is different and then people but people appreciate it and it's like not like a comic you know goes on and if people hate you you're screwed mm-hmm. i mean have you ever has anyone ever got like have you ever gotten dealt with like a drunken idiot i mean you're because you're dealing with drunk people but it's probably also is like you're like the uh people rally around you so mm-hmm. i feel like if someone was a drunk idiot and they started heckling you people would probably beat the hell out of them because one protected. you're taking you're taking away from their drinking time right. but has anything ever happened like that like have people heckled you at the show or i mean no actually no one's i feel really lucky no one's been like mean or anything certainly people will get really drunk and and you i just learned to how to engage with that type of person while keep keeping the show going right but but yeah people will just be wasted and think like what they have to say to me is the most important thing ever and that they need to stop the show to say it and it's usually just like I like your hair or something. Like, <laughs> you probably get a lot of, I guarantee after your show, you get a lot of, I love you, man. You're great. I love you. Because the whole drunken thing. Of course, but I feel the same way. I love them too. Now, how long does is it? You, the show, is it by the time it starts and you start playing, is it exactly an hour or is it a little bit longer? Or Well, the actual musical content is exactly an hour. So when I'm BSing in between and playing around and running out in the crowd and stuff, it ends up taking like 90 minutes to get through those power hours. Okay, so see, that's cool because then because that, that makes it easier to drink that five yeah, beers because I mean the at one every minute which it started it must be but that's great so it's, it's it's sort of I mean it's and I'm sure as you said a lot of people don't finish the all the drinks correct and, but it's cool I so it's, that. <laughs> it's like it's like a uh, it's just an experience it's it's like back when I would go to concerts and everyone would just, everyone would smoke pot you know and it was an experience so now you you had a legal problem too right yeah now now, now that which whoever that guy is he's a dick because mm-hmm. that, i'm sorry you know you know it's like i don't well, explain what happened because i know someone tried to say that power hour was theirs yeah I, I was playing these shows and i had my album out there i was still the, the crappy one that i told you about but he said that he invented power hour belonged to him and that that i couldn't play my shows or sell my album anymore and he was doing this to other people too you got people taken off of youtube and got me taken down that said power hour that, that yeah. used it 
because he was given the trademark. He trademarked at Power Hour. And so he was able to legally, like, shut me down, which sucked. So I had to take him to court. Yeah, what's that like? I mean, you're you're an artist, and, and you're not – it's not like, you know, the, the Sam Smith, Tom Petty thing, which I really didn't hear the closest. Yeah, that was interesting. I, yeah. A lot of those, and now there's something about with Guns N' Roses and this band from Australia. Oh, but, it's, but it's not a trademark thing. But I don't. I, for me, it's like I don't really sound – I don't hear the similarities. Mm-hmm. For you, I mean, Power Hour is – has nothing to do with your music. That's that's what cracks me up. It's like yeah. it's like for me, you know, I have to be coopertalk.net because someone is coopertalk.com mm-hmm. and then they want to sell me coopertalk.com and they want to charge me $5,000 for it. Yeah. I'm like, well, no, it's you don't have anything on that site. Right. Like with the Power Hour, I mean, it, was it very frustrating at first? Were you, were, you, were you pissed or were you upset? Because it was something that it would probably be a, a point where it's like, you probably be pissed, but then you also feel a little lost because you're like, wait a second, this is my branding. This this is what I'm known for. I mean, how how did you deal with that? Yeah, I was I was hurt. It sucked actually, and a lot of people don't know this because it's such a complicated story. But I knew the guy before he even brought the lawsuit. We were business partners, and he he had his own power hour, and that's what he was trying to like corner the market on power hours. So so at first he was selling my album on his site, and then he did a complete 180 and was like. I own it now and everything shut down. And he was still selling my album on his site when he said that I was infringing on his trademark, which was just absurd. I mean, he, uh, yeah, it was it was frustrating and certainly hurtful. And I, I tried to talk to him. I was like, what are you doing? I thought we were buddies. I thought we were partners. And he just, yeah, attacked me. And it's not like, and the funny thing is, as you said, you're selling the albums on his site. So he's making more money off you not Right. You. That's always cracks me up. It's like you're making more. It's like when they say when you watch the cop shows and they the guy owes the bookie five thousand dollars and they go, "Did you kill him?" He's like, "No, he owes me money. He's making money off you." Right. And so it makes sense. So now, what do you do? You sit there and you go, "I'm going to get a lawyer." I mean, did you sit there and talk to someone first and say, you know, how did you figure out that you could sit there and get a lawyer and stop him? Well, luckily, my uncle is a lawyer, so I had like I didn't have to spend money at first to be like, what do I do about this? He ended up referring me to someone else that I had to obviously pay for because it was way more complicated than, you know, a favor from an uncle. But like at first, he was the one that said, you can fight this. You have a great argument. He shouldn't have this trademark. And then there's that moment where I'm like, am I really going to fight this guy? Like, how much is this going to cost? And and the estimate was like $5,000. And I was like, I can't I can't do that. Right. But another guy, his name's Pete Berg, who also had ran a power hour site. I think he still does. It's up powerhq.com. And he put the whole story on Reddit. And it blew up and went to the front page and everyone was rallying behind me and I ended up raising money to fight this guy. And so I was like, wow, I guess I should go for it because like people are supporting me. And so then I I did. I went and took him to See, court. See, that's, that's sometimes that I like social media like that. And then they brought that heavy guy over from England to dance. Yeah, you know, I, I love... was just at that party. Oh, you went to that? Yeah, it was How great. was that? No, because oh, I sat there. So it looked fun. so fun. And if people, if you're not familiar, there was a, a, a guy who was fat shamed in England and it hit the social media and they raised all this money and it was at Avalon or was mm-hmm. it Avalon? Avalon and Monica Lewinsky was there I think yep she well, was who else was there like uh, Andrew WK was chatting with him for a second yeah um, I mean Pharrell hosted it I don't think he actually made it that night but he was like a part of the social media and making it huge so how'd you end up there are you, do I mean how did I mean because that's like you're like in, are you in like the Hollywood elite what, what's no, up I'm with that I'm certainly not elite but they had some like influencers there and so I stopped by and I mean it was really fun and it's funny because then he went out and he pitched the first pitch a Dodger game Mm-hmm. which was great and so and that's what's good like your thing and things like that makes it good but then when you see sometimes with with the crowdfunding when the guy wanted to make a potato salad yes yeah, so and he silly. raised like a hundred thousand yeah. dollars it's like wait a second there's people you know dying that are starving and you're giving a hundred thousand dollars so it must make you feel great that people raise money for yeah, you so you, awesome. you got your money so you get your lawyer right and then you go in and how long, how long, because I know a judge threw it out. How long did the case, how long did it oh, take? Lord. It was three years. So it was, it was three years of you going back to court or going back and yeah, forth? Yeah, just or? back and forth with uh, papers and stuff. And, and the guy that I was fighting would just make things take as long as possible because the longer it took, the more I was paying my lawyer. He never hired a lawyer, so he didn't pay anything. But he knew that like if he waited to the last minute and to send in whatever or like 
if he doesn't send stuff in, then I have to pay my lawyer to compel him and like write up papers to force him to give us information. And he just racked up my lawyer bills. The whole now, time. any time did you think, you know what, I can change the name from Power Hour? Did you ever, did that ever go through of your course, mind? Did, did yeah, you try to re- right? like, like, what were some of your rebranding? I mean, did you think, did you have any ideas that you were going to change it to? I mean, whatever. It's a, and in today's day and age, it's all about search engine optimization. And if I did change it, I mean, I would just lose everything, oh, okay. right? Because like, it's about being able to say it in a tweet and explain things quickly and people to immediately grasp it. And if I don't have the name Power Hour, then my business will be screwed. So that's why I ended up fighting it. So the judge finally, uh, now at the whole time, there's three hours. Are you, are you not, you're not able to perform I mean, these three years. Are you able to perform at all or no? Yes, actually. I was at the, it like, he got a, put a temporary hold on whatever. I don't know. My lawyer was like, yes, you can still perform. So that was awesome. Thank goodness. And yeah, and like, like I said, the initial, Estimate was $5,000, and then we got past that mark, and then I was like, well, it must be over soon, right? And just kept racking up and racking up. It's like you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, but you can't give up because you've gone that far, you know? So I fought it all the way to the end. How great of a feeling was it when you're – so I'm guessing you go into court, and you're all there, and – does a judge say I'm making a judgment? I mean, oh no, this wasn't even in court. I ended up hearing the decision over the phone. I was at dinner with my family on New Year's Eve, and I got a call from my lawyer, and he said, "You won," and that was that was a good evening. That must have been a great New Year's Eve, because <laughs> and you must that's one of those things where you just must feel so vindicated. You just you must feel great. Yeah, I was thrilled. I I couldn't wait to like tell everyone that supported me and and celebrate and. And ended up partying across the country because of it. <laughs> See, that's so awesome. So now, now um, you are you're in Pittsburgh and you're playing and you're going to different conventions. Mm-hmm. And at what point do you sit there and say, "I have to come to LA"? Um. Well, it was more like I have to go celebrate this victory, right? And so I launched a, a crowdfunding thing to say, like, "Holy crap, we won! Now I'm going to come party with all of you across the U.S." and Everyone was super into it, and I ended up getting that fully funded. So I did. I like went on a 20-city tour to celebrate the Power Hour was free. So you jump in the car, yeah. and you drive from gig to gig. Mm-hmm. Now, it, was ha- a, it was an RV, actually. Oh, really? Because I like, raised money. I was able to at least like drive around with a bathroom, too, not yeah. just a car. <laughs> How did you find the venues that would, that would play? Uh, I At that point, a booking agency came to me, and they helped me out, which was great. So did you? what were some of the cities? Were they all on the way out west, or did you go to Philadelphia at all, or did you just come straight out west? Yeah. Yeah, I played in Philly. I mean, there was Where, like where'd a. Where'd you play in Philly? Um, what was it called? The Treehouse Lounge. Does that okay. sound like? I I moved wait, there maybe years that was ago. In, uh, DC. So so <laughs> you just got a twenty city tour. So you're going and people are there and they're excited and you're playing it. Yeah. It must make you feel really really good inside. Oh my goodness, it was so fun. So as you're moving out, so at what point do you say I'm just moving to LA? I mean, yeah, ha- there's got to be a point. I mean, it's like anything. People go on the road, but. You know, what was there a defining moment? I mean, after the tour, did you, after you're done your tour, did you go back or did you say, the tour, I'm going straight to LA? And then you're like, well, where am I going to park an RV in LA? <laughs> but uh, how to, how, what did you decide? Yeah, after my tour, I went back to Pittsburgh and I was hanging out there and still, still, you know, creating work. And, and actually, like, I always thought that I would never need to move. I had like a, a, a TED talk prepared about how, how in today's day and age, you don't need to relocate to be successful and do what you love or whatever. And now my TED talk is going to be about how you don't have to pick a focus to be successful or something because I ended up relocating. <laughs> but only because, yeah, I don't know, I was visiting here like once a month, I was coming for meetings and my manager's out here and my DJ and, and my air guitarist is here. So clearly I got to be with them. <laughs> but yeah. It's so fun. it was a big move. I mean, <laughs> Uh, is it the first time you've mo- lived away from Pittsburgh? Because you went to college yeah. in the Pittsburgh area. Right. So it's sort of scary. I mean, and LA, LA is so funny because when I moved out here, you know, if you think LA, you know, and then, you know, New York, New York City is a city, and then you come to LA and everything's spread out. And mm-hmm. of course, but you go into a neighborhood that you think is nice, and then you sit there and go, "Holy crap, this is awful." <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know how it is. Now, did you just get in your? Did you drive out, or did you move out, or and how did you find a place? Well, actually, so the guy that came on tour with me well, uh, lives in LA. He was uh, my videographer for like the West Side part of my tour, and he ended up having a roommate move out. And so it was like, whoa, I better take advantage of this. So I, it was like a last minute thing, kind of. I mean, I'd already been kind of thinking about it, but this was that opening and I went for it. So now I live with my videographer. <laughs> now, how did you acclimate to it? I mean, because you're coming from, you know, it, it's always warm. And the funny yeah. thing is, I mean, I, as I said, you know, I was, I've been out here for 
San Diego in here for like 15 years. But then before my girlfriend moved out, I was bi-coastal for two years. So I was going back to the cold, mm -hmm. which I'm not used to the East mm -hmm. Coast cold because you get spoiled out here. How did you acclimate to being out here and just – it's a different lifestyle. I'm sure it's a very much different lifestyle than Pittsburgh. Yeah, totally. It's so weird to like delete my weather app and never look. <laughs> but it's awesome. I mean in Pittsburgh, it would be like if you have any sort of sun, I would just like go outside and, and work out all day because – there you would not get that for another week or whatever and here it's like always gorgeous <laughs> so you're paint you paint i do okay now it's very uh you're you're, you're painting you paint 12 by 12s for people mm -hmm. now explain that and tell me when that started because it's it's cool <laughs> i want one can i get on the list of course absolutely. i want to get a list of like a microphone or something i because yeah, i was like right. i told my girlfriend i said i said i'm gonna try to i'm gonna try to get a painting out of her <laughs> i said i said but the waiting list is like 1200 people so how how did this happen because you you paint pictures for people yeah i paint like you said 12 by 12 canvas acrylic paintings they're um i don't know cute bright pop art kind of stuff i started doing it it was um, in college too, it was another college thing that I was doing and I just never stopped. It's been like a really <laughs> long time. I've done, I'm about to hit 2,500 paintings that I've mailed all over the world. I just take requests online and mail it to whomever asked for it for free. The project's called Free Paintings. You do it every day. One a day, every You've day. never missed a day. Oh, I've certainly missed days. Okay. Like while I was on tour, I was in the RV. You can't exactly paint right. in an RV. So yeah, I took off for a couple months while I was touring, but then got right back in it. So what made you, I mean, what made you sit there and say, I want to paint and send it to people and, and you don't charge them. Mm -mm. You should do a crowdfunding for the postage. Because yeah, right. sure the postage and the supplies. I don't even charge for shipping. What, what's wrong with me? I'm no, the worst no, business person ever. No, but no, you, you have a big following. I mean, so no, at what point did you say though? I'm, I'm gonna, I mean, how do you set that up? on social media like okay hey i'm gonna paint because a lot of times people will go well, i don't want to see this person i mean you had a following right. but you, and you've been doing it so at what point did you say oh, i'm just gonna start sending paintings to people yeah it was really weird so i i studied uh sculpture and art in uh italy for a while and while i was over there i made a series of little robots uh, but like a whole bunch of them and they were maybe like half a foot tall like clay bots and I just like filled a gallery floor with them. And when that show was over, I had to fly back home and I couldn't bring them. They're so heavy and there's so many of them. I couldn't bring them back to the U.S. So everyone that was in the gallery, I was just like, grab one and take it home. And the reaction was fantastic. And I still know people that had one of those originals and they, they cherish it or whatever. And it just felt awesome to be like, here, have my art. So then I started doing that with paintings when I got back to the U.S. And I would have these free painting shows where I just fill a wall. And then after the first hour or so, we have our drinks or whatever. I'm like, go grab the one that you like the most. And people would take them off the walls. And and I was like, I want to go bigger with this. And so then I put it on the internet and started taking requests via email. Now, do you get a lot of press coverage for this? Like, because it's such a cool idea. You think it's something that I'm surprised. Have you been on, you should be on Hoda and Kathy Lee. I mean, I'm, I'm, this is like the kind of stuff that people want to hear i mean because there's so much bad out there i mean i mean you should be have you been on a lot of tv shows have you been on any tv shows about this um i've actually there i was on a german television show which was rough for a while because all of my requests were from germany and those are like ten dollars for postage yeah. or whatever <laughs> but i mean i haven't really pursued this project it's sort of something that i have going in the background and i think someday that i will put more effort into it but right now it's it's just a thing that i do kind of like brushing my teeth at this point <laughs> but so but how did so but people just i mean they said you're like 1200 your waiting list is like 12 yeah, I, I need to update my site. It's it's over 2,000 now, so it's going to take a few years, the people that are requesting at this point. So people just send you a message, mm -hmm. and they go, they go, hey, Allie, uh, paint me this. Right. Though some people will describe like in detail. Someone will just say, like, I like this and this and this. How do you combine it? Some people will send me photos and will ask me to specifically paint like from an image. But if it's a pop art, aren't you supposed to put your spin on it? Do you put your spin on it? Cause yeah, I mean, it says on my site, if you don't want something adorable, you better tell me because I'm going to make it super cute. Right, like, okay. That's my style <laughs> and bright colors or whatever. But sometimes people are like, can you make this one darker or maybe a, a landscape? Because usually I'm doing like objects or characters. Now with your music, now that you're in LA, mm -hmm. what is your, what are you focusing on? I mean, are you sitting there, do you have a, do you have a plan like you want to put an album out and they go on tour or do you still want to do the power hour? I mean, because it's something that, it's like anything, if people are used to the power hour, mm -hmm. if they go to a show, it's like when you go to a show, like an Adam Sandler did his first drama, you're expecting Adam Sandler to be you funny and then mm -hmm. you go, wait, punch drunk love, you're like, wait, 
I'm like, dude, you're not supposed to be laughing. He's crying. <laughs> but it sounds like his laugh. Now, <laughs> I mean, for you, I mean, how do you how do you channel it? Because you have you have so many different career things, which is great. I mean, that's some some career things. But you you career. paint, you do this, you do this, and your music is very broken down, and you have the very eclectic tastes. When you sit there, when you put you're, you're recording a CD now, is that what you're doing? Mm-hmm. So now, how do you sit there and focus on what you're going to do with that? Right, yeah, like like you said, you don't want to alienate your audience, you know, and I'm sure Adam Sandler was, I didn't see that film, but I'm sure he was funny at times, right? So you sort of transition. I, when what I'm doing now is another album, it's not going to be a drinking game, but it'll certainly be like tongue-in-cheek funny lyrics like people are used to for me and catchy pop stuff. So hopefully my audience won't be like, what the heck, I can't get wasted to this because right. I still can. <laughs> it just won't necessarily be a drinking game. And I'm still playing those shows, like trying to do once a month. So I got one coming up the day before 4th of July too. So Where's that at? Um, Loaded. Yeah, in Hollywood. Okay. Yeah. So do you go out on the road at all anymore? Um, I haven't since I moved here, but certainly open to it. Oh, I, that's not even true. I played at South by Southwest. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, we just said that. Yeah. <laughs> this last my, one. No, well, the span. past few years. This is the first year that I was a uh, panelist, though, which was interesting. So what do you do as a panelist when you go there? Because I mean, there's, there's so many great great acts there, and it must be certainly. very it must be very uh, flattering for you. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, thrilled. It must be amazing be when you get a call and they say, hey, you played here. We want you to be a panelist. So what happens when you're a panelist? You go in and a bunch of people show up and you just, I mean, who else was on your panel? Yeah, it was a, actually, I put the panel together. They didn't call me. I called them. I was like, hey, I want to, I got all these talented people in the music and new media business and we have some stuff to talk about. So we should let us be on a panel. And they agreed. <laughs> so who, who, who's on it? Yeah, it was a friend of mine that, that built his own business. And then another friend of mine. Um, who is a YouTube artist that writes music, um, orchestra music for YouTube, which was interesting. And then a lawyer friend of mine that that does um, lawyer stuff for new media artists. So, so now what do they do? They come in and they ask you. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm not familiar with the whole Southwest. It's a conference, but there's mm-hmm. also like comedy and there's bands and, and there's movies. So you're, you have a set time when you're going to talk. Mm-hmm. And so how many people, let's say how many people showed up? Um, I mean, we filled the room. It certainly wasn't uh, one of the bigger conference right. uh, or whatever, but yeah, it's it was like a regular conference venue and um yeah we the subject of the talk was how to like quit your day job and live the dream so we basically just gave our insights on what we learned about building a business and being a brand and an artist now you also do some uh you design video games too oh yeah i used to work at a video game company i was a lead artist (laughs) how'd you get into that are are you a video game fan do you like video games yes certainly i like making them i don't play them anymore i feel like i don't have time but but yeah, I, that's what I did right out of college because I had that art degree. And so I started doing graphics and animations and that kind of stuff and was working in Pittsburgh doing that. Did you enjoy that? Loved it. It was awesome. It? Yeah, it was now, tough to leave. <laughs> do, you ever, do you ever think of doing like an Ali Spagnola video game? Do you ever think of doing well, one? Well, I have that app and that actually was pretty similar to what I was doing in, at the video game company. You know, it was user interface design and graphics animation stuff. So yeah, that was like... Uh, scratch that itch that I always had. It was cool to, to put that together and see it come to fruition. So you designed the app. Mm-hmm. So when you go to the app, what 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 does it do? So there are a few tabs along the bottom, like a usual app, and one is that you can just say start the party, and it'll play my album, and it'll count down, it'll tell you what minute you're on, and you can change what the sound effect is in between. So maybe it says, oh, shot, like recorded from one of my concerts, or maybe it's a doorbell, or maybe it's a dog barking, whatever you want. And then there's another section where you can say, hmm, I really like Kesha. I want to make a Kesha Power Hour. And so you base it on the artist and it'll just shuffle and cut everything to a minute and you can start it immediately. Or maybe it's based on genre or, you know, you make your own playlist very specific in iTunes and it'll just use that and turn it into a power hour. Okay, so you use your iTunes playlist. So you don't need permission from these artists or anything like that. No, because it's all the music that you already have on your computer or whatever. So now when did you start getting this huge, huge, huge following? Mm-hmm. I think I think honestly on Twitter, I think okay, and I think the closest to you what you have is I had Jim Beaver, who was on Supernatural and a bunch of other shows. He had about four hundred and seventy five thousand followers. Nice. Um Trying to think who, because a lot of the actors don't have like they have the blue check. Which mm-hmm. how'd you get the blue check? How did that come? By? How long were you doing Twitter? <laughs> well, how long were you tweeting before you got? And people, if you don't know, blue check means you're verified. It means you're legit. Because so many times, so many people rip these people off. Like there'll be someone. Let's say Ali has a big fan. There'll be someone like 
I am Ali Spagnola. Mm-hmm. And they'll go up before she goes on Twitter and they go, oh, I, well, I think I'm going to be Ali Spagnola. And then you can't get the name Ali Spagnola. So when did you get the blue the blue verification? Well, that was certainly after I had, you know, built my brand and personality online that they like finally recognized that, you know, I am who I am. And they gave me the check, which was really cool. But it certainly was a lot of <laughs> if anybody knew how hard I worked at Twitter, they would be like, oh, you're not funny. <laughs> you're trying too hard. <laughs> no, Twitter, no, Twitter. I mean, Twitter is such a big thing. And I, and I have that many followers. Because, you know, there's all you, people buy followers and, you know, I don't yeah. know about that, but you can always tell like, well, yeah, you can because there's no engagement or whatever. Yeah, or, and you sit there and someone has, you know, like uh, has 200 followers one day and then like a week later they have 90,000 and right. you go, wait a second. But then they disappear. Twitter's pretty good about deleting fakes too. So it's, it's hard. To- At what point did you start getting a lot of Twitter? I mean, did you, did you tweet from day one when you started? Cause you, you were in the social media cause you knew about, you know, you were in the video games. You, you have a computer background, like people like us, uh, you know, us older idiots. We sit there and we, we figure it out later and we don't start from the very beginning. <laughs> did you start like as soon as Twitter, how long was Twitter going before you started? Certainly Twitter was a, th- a big thing by the time I got on it. I remember thinking like, I don't have anything to say. Like, why would I be on Twitter? Like, and f- it finally it was clear that like, as an artist, you have to be on it. And um, it was actually the, the whole thing with Reddit and that that taking off was really helpful in like snowballing my social whatever. And so from there, I started taking more seriously. And now it's like I'm trying to make jokes every two hours and like keep on there and engage all the time. Why do you think your crowd has built up? I mean, because that's I mean, I mean, you know, you think about it, that's one point six million. That's not, you know, as I said, I know, you know, as I said, Gilby Clark from Guns N' Roses on the show. He maybe has. T- 25,000 okay but he also doesn't like try so hard as me yeah but they they tweet a lot but i mean i mean it's like i mean it's different things i mean paul f Tompkins. i don't know how many he has he's an old friend and he he does a lot of he tweets a lot but he is a lot but he's been on tv for a long time and you're not a i mean this isn't an insult you're not a household name it's like people don't sit there and put on tv and go and that's what's amazing that amazes me when i saw you at one point i went oh my i gotta get this girl on my show that's just amazing (laughs) how did you i mean how do you build your twitter following that i mean that's something you should give a lecture about because people want to build especially in entertainment everyone wants to do it how did i mean when you start off the reddit i mean how many could you possibly have gotten out of reddit how many followers yeah i mean i don't know i've certainly like we i guess we could go look back at graphs or whatever Right. But, but, it, but it wasn't like a million off the bat. But it certainly was like, whoa, people are paying attention, right? Yeah, it was it was enough like that that I was like shocked and wanted to work harder at it or whatever. But yeah, it's all about like seeming like an actual human and connecting with people legitimately. Like just the other day, what was it? Memorial Day, I was at a bar and I was like, all right, for the next 30 minutes, I'm just going to respond to everyone. And I do that pretty often. Like the, I just call it like a tweet street, right? And so then like just continually engaging with your audience and I don't know, trying to be funny. And a lot of it's luck too. My goodness. I just like, I, I'm sure that at this point, Twitter's like suggesting people to follow to me. So I'm, I'm, I'm probably just like happened to be the lucky one that, that was right with the algorithm at the right time. It's amazing. I mean, it's just, I mean, cause me, as I said, I follow Twitter a lot. And as I said, I, you know, I have different people on who are verified and like, they've been acting for 30 odd years and they have like 2000. You go, how does, how does, you know, Reed Diamond have 7,000? You know, it's like mm-hmm. you sit there and go, but so now, now do you, do you ever get mean p- tweets to you? Cause I know a lot of times, All the time. but you know, that's, that's one thing that I, I always talk about that on the show. And that's what one thing that I don't like about Twitter. Okay. I make fun of people joking around, you know, I'll mm-hmm. make like in, tongue in cheek but i've never sat and tweeted someone meanly and it always said and i had a guest on last week who has a lot of twitter followers and when they are mean to him he just goes ah well you know what i'm sitting here in my pool in my house in burbank and you're fat you know he just gets back at him just because oh, they're, really? they're, they're, they're Actually, mean no, and he says I, never it, do that. I know but he said because they're yeah. just they go, but he's very political but mm-hmm. i mean you're, just, you're a nice person He's a nice person too. I'm a jerk. No, I mean, you're, you're very pleasant, but I mean, like, what are some of the mean tweets people say? Because I mean, you, you, you know, you incorporate aggressive. you incorporate things that are are great. Like, you give free paintings out. You make people drink. I mean, how can you not love you? That's what you give free stuff out and people drink. Plenty of people don't love me. I don't know. Yeah, how could you not love this? Come on. No, not I'm saying, no, but, do, do, do you just you just sit there and just take it with a grain of salt? Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough sometimes. I'm sensitive, but yeah, I just ignore it. I try it ignore it like certainly i never engage that's what they want right they want to make you angry so i just pretend like i don't see it and hopefully that's that gives me the upper hand but i certainly see it and it certainly gets to me a lot of times especially when that's just like personal appearance stuff or like things or things that like i'm already self-conscious about or whatever and like 
that then it just comes on the surface because everybody's like attacking or whatever. <laughs> now, so, what's some of the nicest tweets? Right? Have you ever gotten some tweets where you sit there and almost make you tear up because they're so nice and sincere? I mean, has that ever happened? I mean, what are yeah, I mean, sorry. I mean, I mean, I mean, what are some of the nicest tweets? Like, what did, what have people said that really have, has touched you on a tweet that's so nice you go? This is why I do all this stuff. This makes it all worthwhile. Of course, yeah. Like when when people really appreciate my music or whatever, they have a good time at a party even. I mean, there's not – I don't have an, an audience that too much like, you saved my life kind of thing. Although I do have some friends like on YouTube that are like consistently, you know, keeping people from killing themselves kind of stuff, which is crazy. Mine's just more like people are having a good time and like just thrilled to be my Twitter buddy. And that's great. I love that. And I get I get proposals a lot. I'm betrothed really? to marry a lot of people because I always say yes. <laughs> I hope they're cool with polygamy. <laughs> yeah, really. So, uh, so you when you go to a show, uh, and do, does it do you how do you choose where you're going to play? Like, do you sit there and say there's certain cities you love and you go, I definitely have to play this place? Or I mean, how do you choose that? I mean, if someone said, okay, Ali, you're doing a 70 city tour, would you be like, nah, I don't want to do that? Or I mean, I'd be down. Oh, would you? So you yeah, would you certainly. just jump in the jump? Do you still have the RV? No, no, we just rented it. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm certainly open to any sort of offers, and uh, there's I'm not at the point where I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna, I can't, I can't play that one. I'm too busy or something like that, you know. It's yeah, I I just will go wherever the partying takes me. <laughs> now, now being in studio more now because you're recording. Mm -hmm. Do you miss the road? I mean, do you miss that live performance? Because you said you have a show. It's South by Southwest, but then your next one is when is the show it loaded? Uh, July third, okay. the day before the holiday. So that's your next live show, mm -hmm. and your last one was like a oh, last weekend. So do you miss it now? Because that's like a month off of you know. I mean, anything a performer that's your first love is being on stage. Right? Do, yeah. Do you miss Such that? a high. Um, I I was so surprised that I loved the tour so much. Honestly, when I expected after the twenty cities to be like ready to come home, and I was not. I could have lived on that RV for the rest of my life. It was that fantastic. But yeah, I mean, it's just a different. You, you know, it's sort of waves, right? You're either performing a lot or making art or whatever, and and all of it's fun. I I can't complain. My life is a blast. <laughs> well, it's fun. Now, I mean, I mean, so so you, uh, do you? Who are some of the big wigs? You know, do you know? Like when you went to that party, I mean, did you did you talk to Monica Lewinsky? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I took a photo of her for Snapchat. Like I was still a fan, like weirdo. Did you, you talk know? to the, the the guy it was for? Um. Oh, the the dancing man. No, he was surrounded by people partying the whole time. I talked to his brother. He he had his uh, brother come over from London too. And they were hanging out. And I just got the inside scoop about their flight over, and it was funny. <laughs> now, would you ever go back to Pittsburgh? Like oh, the, of like course. the move back, move back. Oh, move back. Mm, yeah, I'd be open to that. I'll probably have a summer home in Pittsburgh, which is absurd. <laughs> well, no, that's cool because I mean that's always fun because I mean Pittsburgh's probably nice in the summer. I mean mm -hmm. you know and you you construction. It's real hot. <laughs> now, are you a Steelers fan too? Of course. Okay, so you are you you're a big sports fan. Mm -hmm. So the hockey, I mean, that was that was that was it was weird because the Penguins did they, did they make the playoffs this year? They did. They, they did. did, yes. Okay, because the Flyers sucked. And I was pissed off, and it's always it's always been a great rivalry. I don't know why, because like Pittsburgh, like the Eagles, Steelers, no one cares because they're two mm -hmm. different leagues. But for some reason, it's such a the Sidney Crosby hatred Philadelphia has, and yeah. the hatred because Philadelphia fans are idiots, even though I'm one of them. But uh, so that's cool. <laughs> so hopefully you'll do good next year. We, yeah, hopefully. We still have a few minutes left. Mm -hmm. uh, Give 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 yourself some plugs. Tell everybody your info so we plugs? know. All right, cool. Well, yeah, you can check me out. My website is aliespagnola.com. That's got all my stuff. He was talking about Twitter, so it's Ali Spagnola there and Facebook and just look for my name. I like I said, uh, search engine optimization is important. It's A L I. <laughs> yeah. It's A L I. And uh, and so then the show with the loaded is coming up. The July third. July third, yeah. and uh, now is that going to be a, the drinking game, or is that, are you going to play some, throw some originals, that new stuff in there? Yeah, that'll be the drinking game. For now, sure. now, did you ever think of possibly doing the drinking game and then doing some original stuff after? Because I bet people would love that. Yeah, actually, that's what I did when I released my pop album. Is that like I played a drinking game, and then it was like, now here's the CD release party, and we like listen to the new stuff. So. Do people dig? Do people dig it? Well, of course, I got them drunk first. Yeah, but no, I mean, be serious. <laughs> so, I mean, are, are you very are you confident with your your pop stuff and the stuff you're doing now yeah certainly and i mean that that album was a while ago and i'm 
much improved. So I'm looking forward to putting out some new stuff that that's much better than what what's out there now. So okay, well, I want to thank you for coming on. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun to meet me. you. And uh, yeah, so people check her out at alispagnola.com. Go to her website alispagnola.com. No, it's Alice at Twitter's at Spag, Ali Spagnolia. There you go. Spagnola. <laughs> I keep saying Spagnolia. It's Spagnola. Used to be a football player named John Spagnola. And uh, so check her out and please follow her on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. That's at Cooper Talk. That's at Cooper Talk. Go to my website coopertalk.net. I have over three. 375 episodes up there you can send me an email at cooper at coopertalk.net and so do that in itunes and stitcher it's all just one word cooper talk look it up check it out and uh oh also don't forget to go to my new website well it's about two months old stopthesalt.com as you know actually next week will be three years i got out of the hospital with a health problem with my heart and uh, i've never been healthier my cardiologist said i'll live till i'm 90 which Joanne's not too happy about. But if you go to stopthesalt.com, it's my low-sodium cooking uh, cookbook. You can see there's 125 recipes. Very easy to make. Basic stuff. If you don't know how to cook, just go in. There's a, there's a key up front where it gives you how much vegetables you should make and potatoes. And you go in and you, there's no pictures because I know pictures can get very um, intimidating. People look at pictures. They don't want to cook. And there's no uh, – there's no crazy ingredients like you know you look through you go i don't have cumin then you're then you get this you know you get discouraged so go to stop the buy it there you can also buy it on amazon or barnes noble but if you buy it at stop the i make more money and i will actually uh sign it for you if you want my to sign it some people don't want my autograph i wouldn't want my <laughs> autograph my mom i just sent her money she goes will you sign it i'm like you're my mom you don't want my autograph she goes you're my baby in the family so anyway so yeah please check out at Ali Spagnolo on Twitter. She'll keep you up. She's always writing stuff. She's very funny. Follow me at Cooper Talk. That's about it. Oh, so uh, that's about it. I always hate this last minute because I have to wrap everything up and I screw it up. But uh, mm -hmm. I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guest. Don't forget, drink your water, eat your vegetables, take your vitamins. I'll see you guys next week.